Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Moe here for Wisp Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Peter Manette, Chief Operating Officer for Manette Aero, a drone services company based in Milwaukee. Peter, thanks for coming to chat with me again. Yeah, thanks for coming to visit. Sure thing. So last time we spoke, we talked a little bit about your history and the company's history and um, also talked about some of the work you've done doing some inspecting of um, electrical substations. So um, for this podcast, I'd like to dig a little deeper into the technology that you work with, the drones. You um, mentioned to me that you've got a new project you're working on. Can you, can you talk about that, please? Yeah, um, basically it has to do directly with the energy industry. Um, cool. Back in August of this year, um, the U.S. Army released a memo uh, banning uh, a Chinese product you know, from their installations, you know, citing a cybersecurity risk. And then uh, in November, there was a memo that got leaked by the Department of Homeland Security, which also cited pretty much the exact same thing. So uh, the problem was is that, you know, when we're working around critical infrastructure, which, you know, all these substations, electrical infrastructure is, is categorized as the critical infrastructure by the Department of Homeland Security, um, you basically have to have certain cybersecurity measures in place. So um, the specific thing that uh, basically it's taking your telemetry information and, you know, thumbnails of those photos and piping it back to Chinese servers. Um, so your hype, your, you know, people doing work with these, <clears throat> these aircraft are more or less just giving, you know, the, the Chinese a high resolution imagery of our entire electrical grid. <laughs> um, so that was a big, big point of concern. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily a, um, a, a desire for us to, being a professional services company, break into the manufacturing side, but more or less through the necessity of, hey, if you want to do work in this space, you know, you better plan to do that. Um, so we just started building our own aircraft. Hmm. Um, so we were working with a company out of um, Illinois that makes our tether systems, and they were dealing with the same issue with DOD hmm. um, because they were... Um, you know, same problems, you know, they can't use them on military installations. So they were fine with an open source solution. So we started building open source based aircraft hmm. and that's what we've been doing. Um, gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting because I mean, you know, the open source side has come so far from where it was in the last two years that it actually you have just so many more options of what you can do and what you can integrate hmm. into an open source uh, based aircraft. And what that means is that open source, anyone can kind of just go online and find these specs and maybe use them in a design of their own. Is that right? Yeah. So there's a, a big open source community out there that uh, makes a uh, the, the software and the hardware that controls the, the UAS. So the software is, uh, you can find it's called ArduPilot. Hmm. And then the, the hardware is uh, the Pix, um, PixHawk-based uh, hardware. Um, so... It's kind of the open source side. There's other so open source uh, hardware you can use um, with the ArduPilot software, but that's kind of what the big the big platforms that are being developed on. So I see. Can you talk a little more about the new aircraft that you've been working on? 
how is it different, I suppose, from something you get from DJI, and and um, what's going to be the, uh, the the ways you're using this this device? Sure. So the the aircraft is uh, you know for the first time you know we we started designing an aircraft that's really you know kind of starts meeting our needs as you know from a professional aviator background mm -hmm. so it's uh six rotors uh fully redundant it's got between 45 and 60 minutes of flight time um and unlimited amount of payload options and what we could do we've got a we've got a uh, thermal camera for it already we've got a, a, a high precision mapping payload uh you know full frame mapping payload we're also working on a 240 zoom uh, uh, payload for it. So, can you talk about what the specific applications you're going to be using it for? Sure. So, uh, pretty much the same applications we were going to use uh, the the previous aircraft with. It's gotcha. just, you know, we have complete control over the data. Okay. Um, and there's also some added benefits to you know to using the open source uh, aircraft because of again the payload integration. Mm -hmm. You know, we can you know for and the competition is charging about uh, ten thousand dollars for to thirty times, you know, thirty x payload, you know, for thirty times zoom, and we can basically build a two hundred and forty times zoom payload for about three thousand dollars. So, hmm. you know, so there's lots of advantages to basically having the, you know, having the ability to, you know, not be stuck with the proprietary solution for everything. Gotcha. Okay, great. Well, it'll be interesting to follow the development of this new aircraft you're working on. And um, yeah, thanks for taking the time to come and chat about some of these things. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from UW-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of Wisp Politics and Wisp Business Podcast. UW-Madison is one of our state's greatest economic engines, accounting for $15 billion in economic impact statewide. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.